by attracting pre-sold clients, you're not just going to get better results. You're not just going to get better testimonials. You're really going to begin to create that raving fan base because it's just that darndest thing. The people who actually make use of what we share with them turn out to often be the people who are the most successful. Here's the hard truth. People are conditioned to ignore your marketing message. Most of the stuff you'd create doesn't get read, doesn't get watched, and ultimately, nobody buys from it. I'm Jason Lynette, and I'm here to help you stop being the best kept secret to the people you know you can help. If you're a business owner, and if you're ready to cut through the overwhelm of launching something that creates massive impact and brings in an awesome income, you are in the right place. Welcome to Attract Pre-Sold Clients. Have you ever noticed how similar the feelings of worry and excitement can be? So I'm standing outdoors. I'm standing outdoors and this is it because I've just quit my job. And my hobby that used to be my hobby then became my side hustle. Well, it's now my full-time career. And I had a safety net. I didn't burn any bridges on the way out of my old job. But then again, I had called my shot to the world in a very prominent way. So I have got to now keep myself accountable because I am now dedicated to make this work. The story goes all the way back to 2007 or maybe around 2008. And it's at this point that I am now on a mission to become the self-made entrepreneur that I know I can be. And I know I need to get clients in order to have a thriving business. And with a focus on getting clients, well, my first year as a full-time business owner, it actually goes quite well. But it turns out I was looking for the wrong thing. I wanted clients. That's what I wanted. The reality is that once I figured out what I truly needed, that is when my world took off. And it turns out to be the exact same thing that you need. You need to attract pre-sold clients. Welcome to the first episode of Attract Pre-Sold Clients with Jason Lynette. I'm Jason, and this is the first episode of a new program, though what I'm about to share with you is actually something that I've been researching, testing, proving, and teaching for quite some time. I ran an active business seeing private coaching clients for more than a dozen years in Northern Virginia, just outside of the Washington, D.C. area, and then I soon moved all of my services online. And because of that, we stepped into a brand new feeling of freedom. And so my wife, our two children, our dogs, and our cat, we all made the big move to now live on vacation here in Orlando, Florida. And I'm going to share more of my story as this podcast continues, though today, this is just a bit of a preview. And I will share this because this should not be the unique selling proposition of anyone these days, though it is something that does need to be said. I built a successful career of my own before I started teaching others how to do it. And I'd invite you to look me up online. I've been running my own businesses for many years. And yes, there are videos of me on the web from when my hair was thicker. And yes, when, uh, when I was also thicker as well. So here's the number one thing that I've learned. You don't just need clients. You need to attract pre-sold clients. And today, 
For this inaugural episode, I'm going to define exactly what that means to me, what it means to my students, and why attracting pre-sold clients should be your number one focus moving forward. If you can define what you want, it is a whole lot easier to get what you need. So let's kick this off properly by defining exactly what a pre-sold client is. And the reality is that the whole pre-sold concept appears in many different forms, and I'm going to break these all down for you here today. First of all, it applies to your pricing. And so often people would put pricing up on some sort of pedestal that I can't charge more than this, I have to charge around that. And what I would say is that if you're really activating this pre-sold dynamic in people's minds, yes, the pricing is always going to be important. There's no such thing as money aside. However, if you can activate other emotions and other appropriately ethical desires, the pricing becomes less and less of the deciding factor. So yes, obviously, pre-sold applies to actually being sold on something there in the price. However, the whole movement of the pre-sold client is also one that takes in factors around your process. And I'm about to break down exactly what that means because some of you who have perhaps been in for business for quite some time have had some of those, uh, let's say, more challenging people who already, yes, clearly have an expertise on exactly what you do and how it should play out. And perhaps you've been on the other side of that scenario as I have only a few times until I figured out the right ways to avoid the situation of that person who was fighting in the process rather than going through the process. If there's really one aspect that I feel needs to be highlighted just as much, if not even more than the others, there's your pricing, there's your process, but the thing they need to be pre-sold on is you. And this is where we're going to start to take a rather different journey than how many other people would talk about business because they would often say that your niche or your niche or specialty, let's go with that word so everybody agrees on the pronunciation, would be that the niche, the specialty is specifically what you do. And yes, that is going to be an important concept here. However, it's more so in the pre-sold relationship about who you are to that audience. And by doing so, listen carefully to this, you're going to learn the ways where now you can become the niche, which is where should you then pivot to another audience, should you then pivot to another offer, many of those people will follow you over because they're pre-sold more on just what you do and what you provide. So let's take a moment here and kick this off by talking about pricing which pricing, yes, may often have some geographic considerations, may have some things to be concerned about given whatever market or let's say deliverables may be part of what you do. And a big part of what I'm going to be sharing with you here is that your pricing should not be a race to the bottom. Likewise, you're going to hear me hit the ethics here many times over. It should also not be, I'm going to charge the highest price I can possibly get to, and I've heard this in other business trainings before, it should be the highest price you can say while keeping a straight face. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> However, what I'm really getting at by talking about this concept of attracting pre-sold clients is that your sales journey 
doesn't necessarily have to become that long haggling match. Uh, the longer you and I hang out together here, the more you're going to begin to realize that my cultural references are often a lot of uh, much older comedy movies. If anyone out there remembers Monty Python's Life of Brian, there is one specific scene in this movie where the lead character stops and I forget what he buys and the, the clerk gives him a price. And he goes, okay, here. And then the shop owner goes, no, 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 aren't you going to haggle? As if that was what he was supposed to do. The, the shop owner was actually offended in this comedy movie that this gentleman was actually buying the item for the price that was promoted because, well, turns out haggling was part of the sport. Well, chances are you don't want that. Now, do you? Yeah. And have you ever been on the other side of that conversation where whether it's a phone call, whether it's a face-to-face -face meeting, and it's the, okay, well, what do I get for that? What could I get for this price? What could I get for that price? And I think back to a time in my backstory where I was actually doing a speaking engagement and the phone rang one day and we'd already contracted like a one hour program and the call came in and just just based upon the tone of the person on the other side, they say, can we update the contract because we only want a 40-minute presentation? We only have the budget for a shorter presentation. We only have the time for a shorter presentation. And they had given me this opening where I had an obvious question to ask. You mentioned something about time and budget? And I just let that kind of linger there in the air. And they said, yes, we have a shorter span of time and we're trying to cut the prices wherever we can. Now, I could have been the jerk to then go, well, it's already contracted, no. And instead, I had to borrow a classic line. If I remember right, this might have been the musician B.B. King who once said that uh, the program is free. You got to pay me to drive there and set up. And I responded, well, the contract does say that the presentation is anywhere between uh, 35 minutes to an hour and a half and most people choose the one hour option. So that's the price. And they go, oh, oh, in that case, let's just keep the hour. Do you see how you really don't wanna catch yourself in too many of these situations where it's this, this nickel and diming about this price for this, this price for that. And I want you to hear this with incredible sincerity as well as a sense of urgency beneath it. If your sales process ever truly becomes about the price, it 100% becomes about the price. And I want you to hear a bit of a preview of the world I'm going to be sharing with you, only ever from a place of encouragement and excitement and a big old promise. Yet I'm reminded of uh, one of our students, her name is Courtney, who talked about getting onto a call with one of her potential clients and signing them on, getting everything scheduled, and then the moment of, oh wait, Oh, uh, the price is this. Is that all right? And gentleman on the other side of the call goes, yeah, of course it is. So I, I share that story because when you create that pre-sold relationship beyond price, beyond process, even beyond yourself, and I want you to hear this carefully with as much genuine nature to this I can give to it, it becomes a courtesy sometimes that you're then telling them what they're going to be spending. Here comes the obvious asterisk to that, as long as it is reasonable and appropriate for the services and products being produced there. So there we go. That has been pre-sold on price. 
Let's take a moment, though, and talk about being pre-sold on process. And I'll share with you a quote of my own that out of thousands of clients over the years, I can very happily say, I think I've only ever used this maybe, maybe even just five or six times. And maybe even one of them, I didn't quite say it. I told the story of a time that I said it. So technically speaking, if you're catching some of the linguistics, I didn't even say it to the client. No, no, no. I told the story of saying it to another client, which really means I said it to all of them. And and here's the quote. And this is going to be one that my goal is to make it so you don't ever have to use this phrase for yourself. Because, you know, it's a rare concern when we have to work on the process more than in the process. And there's a admittedly silly story of my own that I think helps to illustrate this better than anything else, which is that about the time that my wife and I, before our children were born, moved into our first home in uh, Northern Virginia, we discovered that that bathtub on the second floor had only like been patched. I forget what they call it when they just put another bathtub shell on top of the damaged bathtub shell. And I probably wouldn't say the name of the company anyway, because I don't need them suing me. But apparently it's one of the worst things you can do in a home because we then had water pouring into our dining room. And thankfully, because of the way the inspections were done, the previous seller even honored, you know, to say, hey, we will cover the expense, get it repaired as long as it's within this range. They had moved out of state though. So we reached out to a plumber and he came into our home, sized up the project gave an estimate it was right in alignment with what the previous sellers were going to then pay out of pocket to fix the issue, even though the house was now technically ours. And I have to tell the story here because this best illustrates this pre-sold on process idea. And I don't know what this plumber had been through previously. Clearly, some of what he said to me was a clear away from momentum of some let's say, plumbing PTSD-style scenarios he had gone through. Because the whole way through, all we ever said was, well, we like the way the bathtub looks. We love the way the bathroom you know, appears. Just make it look the same way it did before and just make it not leak. And the whole way through, he just keeps commenting on how we're not micromanaging the job to the point that at one point I had to ask him, do you want me to? Because I can if you need you know, we only made one adjustment. Previously, the tiles went to a certain height and I'm like, take him to the ceiling. And he goes, awesome, let's do it. But again, it wasn't ever this micromanagement of the job. And apparently that was not something he was used to. So I want you to go back to that phrase, that quote that I shared a little while ago, that not having to use the phrase that it's a rare concern when we have to work on the process rather than in the process. Make the bathroom look the way it did before, you know, add some more tiles and make it not leak. And we were thrilled and we eventually used this plumber for some other projects down, down the road there. Now, chances are, if I can play some odds here, maybe only a few of you might be plumbers and chances are many more of you are in very different businesses. And don't dismiss that story just because it's inside of a very different market audience. They solve a very different problem. Yet look at what would happen differently if your audience is now completely sold 
on your process. Can you begin to see that these are the people who would actually pay on time, show up on time, and follow instructions? For so many of you, especially if you're in some sort of one-to-one personal coaching or even doing group programs, or look, even if some of you are course creators and selling online training programs, it probably doesn't come as much of a surprise that for all of us, our most successful students, our most successful clients are the ones who, you know, make use of the stuff that we share, follow through the program all the way to the end, make use of whatever coaching calls they have access to, do their homework. And I'm coming around to a word that I wanted to really land the intention of before you hear it, because the word compliance doesn't just have this love and feeling attached to it now, does it? No, but really we are talking about compliance. And the people who are sold on your process And as this all comes together to be sold on the price, as well as the next point to be sold on you, that compliance becomes an even more natural mechanism. And can you already begin to understand how by attracting pre-sold clients, you're not just going to get better results. You're not just going to get better testimonials. You're really going to begin to create that raving fan base because it's just that darndest thing. The people who actually make use of what we share with them turn out to often be the people who are the most successful. So can you start to see how my internal dialogue changed many years ago, not just from clients to pre-sold clients, but instead I owed it to my audience to market, to promote, to shift my messaging in such a way to truly activate this pre-sold relationship. When I say this next bit very clearly, and it's the story of a corporate coach that I'd previously worked with, and he ran into the situation where people were not making use of the assessments, they were not showing up to the meetings, they kept rescheduling, and he's going, how do I resolve this? And we did workshop some strategies to kind of save the deal on his behalf, yet can you begin to see instead, it's almost everything that happened leading up to him showing up, doing the work, providing the resources, the assessments, anything explained in advance is education. Nearly everything explained after the effect becomes an excuse. When the right journey is presented at the beginning, that becomes influence. When it's attempted to be explained after the fact, again, it's back to being an excuse. That's what we mean by being pre-sold on the process. Now, my favorite part of this, again, your niche does include what you do and who you do it for. You can niche down, you can specialize in three different places, the who do you help, what do you do, and how do you do it? Though then again, I wanna add in one extra element here because this audience now needs to become pre-sold on you. And it's at this point, even as early as episode number one here, so happy you're here with me, is where I get to reveal part of my secret mission to nearly everything that I'm going to share with you here. My secret mission is to help you to climb out of the commodity trap. And what I mean by that is go back to the story I shared about the plumber, because after that experience, and not just because the first one was on the house and the previous owners of the home covered the bill, 
we were so impressed by his attention to detail that, you know what, it turns out his pricing might have been higher than other people. And it no longer was about price, it was about him and the relationship that he then created. Even better, and listen to this carefully, and I feel this is one of those messages I know a lot of you need to hear. And because we were pre-sold on him, it became a seamless transition as his company began to grow even bigger, and he could then take that same level of rapport and affinity that we had for him and transfer that over to then go, this other person's going to come out and do the job because now I'm mostly working in a management role. I'll swing by though to say hello. And even though suddenly it was now a stranger in our home, the same level of rapport and affinity followed over. So my secret mission here again is to help you to climb out of that commodity trap where they're not just buying from you because you're just another fill in the blank. And here comes part of your hit list along our journey here together. It's a blend of your stories. It's what you put into your marketing. It's what you put into your messaging that subconsciously aligns with your dream audience. If you try to sell and market and promote, and these words are all interchangeable, by the way, but if you try to do all these things like everybody else, you unfortunately start to look like everybody else. And just like everybody else, you end up haggling over prices, bending the rules on some of your process and your ultimate goal by dialing in your marketing, your messaging, your stories, who you are to your audience is where you get to hear one of my favorite phrases when that client says to you, even if it's in the sales journey, you know, I feel like I already know you. Or perhaps here comes that moment where it's the first time you're meeting with them in real time, whether it's in person, whether it's perhaps a online video conference type thing these days, yet it just begins the journey as if you had already been talking with each other, even if it is the very first time you're having that conversation. So there's many different moving pieces to this. It all can easily come together in a rather simple system. And that's where we are launching this journey here with episode number one, what is a pre-sold client. So let me give you a little bit of a preview here, because my goal today was to keep this introductory episode relatively brief to kind of set the stage for where we're going. Let me give you a few previews or trailers, as they call them with movies these days. Here's a bit of a preview. A big part of what I'm going to be sharing with you is what I now put into the category of belief-shifting persuasion. And immediately, that's a word that creates a visceral reaction with some of you. And here's the thing. No, we're not going to trick, and no, we're not going to manipulate people. Not at all. Instead, though, this becomes a journey of communicating in such a way that we can amplify what people want. And another preview, and I've got to tell the story of a great guy who works on my team, and he had previously kind of been trained in a different style of direct sales. He had been hired by another company to sell people into their health and wellness program. And as soon as he joined the team here with me, I started to share what I put into the category of assumptive sales. And I'll quote him directly here that he goes, I love this because people cannot progress in the system unless it's in alignment with their values. 
And as much as I'd been doing some of what I'm going to be sharing with you here in this series for years, that one point when he shined the spotlight on that that nuance to it, I went, that's it. That's amazing. Thank you. It's mine. But at the same time, let's now make sure we emphasize that for everybody else. So anyone out there who would ever have the concerns around influence or persuasion, and again, let's use the more emotionally charged word of manipulation. Well, two things. First of all, all communication by definition is influential. All communication is persuasive. And if that's the case, my opinion, you might as well be doing it well if you're going to be doing it anyway. Though that being said, let's put some of the systems in place so that your ideal clients are only the ones who can progress through the system and the ones who are not quite a fit find a way to politely get booted from, sorry, exit respectfully from the journey. There we go. Positive language here. Another preview. And the thing is, I think of the sales journey of one that always will take place over many different conversations. And keep listening here, because if you just took this idea of the sales journey happening over many different conversations, yes, those could be literal conversations, obviously. However, by planting the right pieces of, let's say, media, and a big part of my world is that we very rarely get into the technology here. Yes, all the technology is massively helpful, though it has become a bit of a game as to you hop onto the web one day and what's the eulogy you're about to read. And you might have already guessed what I'm talking about here, uh, where some of you are used to seeing the messages that webinars are dead, websites are dead, oh, TikTok is already dead, oh, online challenges are dead, and it's like, who's predicting what the pile of marketing corpses are going to be next? And here's the thing. All these things work. They all work. However, the reason why most people who do them do not get the results that they want is because unfortunately they've been led to believe that the shiny object, the, the gizmo, the gadget, is the one thing that they need in order for it to be effective. And instead, what I'm telling you is that by planting the right media, and that whole riff was, by the way, off of the one single five-letter word, media, because that could be website blog post, uh, direct mail, uh, presentation in person, online, webinar, all this stuff works. It's more of a matter of what is that messaging that's inside of it that then allows you to actually now begin to subconsciously write a new story in the mind of your audience in a way that respectfully and magnetically attracts the people you know you can help who are going to be the ones that we've talked about already, who are going to follow your program, make use of what you shared with them, and become that raving fan base. And yes, just like a magnet, repel away, respectfully, the people who perhaps just aren't a fit. The people that might otherwise become argumentative, difficult, and would otherwise just simply drain your energy. And yes, for just the very first episode, I have been planting a number of seeds and making some rather big promises we're going to be delivering on as this episode and podcast series continues, which is why I would ask you to subscribe right now. And I want to know, I want to know exactly what you are excited to learn. And what about this idea? What about this concept, which is not just theory, it's not just armchair philosophy, 
This is what we've tested and proven for many years, not just in my business, but in many others as well. So right after you subscribe, please go ahead and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. And while you're there, let us know exactly what you're excited to learn and exactly how we can help you win in your business. In the meantime, here are a few questions for you to consider to get you into momentum now. First of all, what are you doing right now in your business that may unfortunately position you to be just like everyone else? Yes, I know it's easy as a business owner to kind of look around and go, well, they do this, they do this, they do that. That's what I should do. I'm here to tell you, we're going to start to change some of that. What are you doing right now in your business that positions you to be just like everyone else? Another question, how much of you is currently in your business? And I know this actually goes against some of what others out there may have told you, and I know it goes against what others have told me. Yet here's the thing that we all need to listen to and realize. People do business with people. People do business with people that they know, like, and trust. And it's only once you have no like, and trust in motion, only then does that lead to buy. Another question, what are the belief systems that perhaps possibly stand in the way of people being not only sold, but yes, pre-sold on what you do? And how can you begin to easily and naturally invite a new story in your audience's mind so that they now ethically sell themselves into what you do? Because the reality is that so many others out there are trying to sell you on closing scripts and objection crushers, and I'm here to tell you that your sales and marketing message should transcend the sales process so that it never feels like sales. The moment it feels like sales, you've got a brick wall in front of you, and that's a hard thing to bypass. Transcend the sales process so it doesn't feel like sales. And by doing so, you now have a systematic way that you can predict a reliable flow of pre-sold clients. So you could ask yourself, what do I need to do to bring in the right clients? And instead, ask yourself, what happens instead as you think about who do I need to be? Who do I need to be to my audience to build the business of my dreams? Thank you for listening to Attract Pre-Sold Clients, where you get strategies proven to work in businesses around the world. I'm Jason Lynette, and if you're ready to crush the confusion of what to say and how to say it to consistently attract your dream clients, check out our free resources today at attractpresoldclients.com. <laughs>